0: Hi, right, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Dave Lee. So without further ado, here he is. To see a movie, I was just thinking about what's the difference between this crowd and the people at church? Because if you really think about it, all of you are sitting down and with the exception of one person I can see, everyone's facing this way. You're all looking at me. And so it's a bit like a movie theater where you're just the crowd, and maybe if the person in front of you is too tall or they're munching on their popcorn too loud, it's annoying to you. Maybe the people around you are a distraction. But at our church, we believe what makes a key difference is that we're not just in the same room watching the same show together, but the people around us matter. They are not just a distraction, but they are a part of the overall experience of worshiping God and being a follower of Christ. We believe that with all our hearts. And by the way, I think that's a great idea. If that centerpiece is getting in the way of you seeing each other, and you might want to just put it on the floor for a moment. Um, I really think that days like this at our church where we gather at tables and really engage one another are challenging for some of us. It's not comfortable. We may have introvert issues or language barriers or just not in the mood for people. But it's very important that we do this on a regular basis as a church to remember that the people around us are the church. Now, the Apostle Paul was a guy who was really driven by an unshakable sense of purpose. And God used him in amazing ways. He got a lot done in his life. He's a guy that God used to write 13 out of the 27 books in the New Testament. So, I mean, he is a very fruitful and productive servant of Christ. His writings contain some of the deepest theological truths in all of the Bible. And it's a guy that he's a guy that I really like because he chooses his words very carefully. I love words. I think words are wonderful things. And so I appreciate Paul's writing because he never wasted a single word. It's amazing how much he seems to squeeze even into a short letter. That's why I think it's even more amazing when you read Paul and the stuff he wrote, how much space in his writings are devoted to words of personal greeting. I find that really remarkable. Because I think Paul knew that his letters would be more than just letters, that they would be circulated by Christians for years to come. And so it amazes me how much of that valuable space, that real estate he uses to say hi to people, to drop names, to say, hey, by the way, you know my friend such and such, he's an awesome dude, make sure you greet him warmly when he visits your city next time. And he spends a lot of his time doing that. Especially in his more personal letters, he spends a good deal of that time making those personal acknowledgments and greetings. And I want to look briefly at a few of those to show you why that's so important. And the theme of today's short talk is giving thanks for the people in our lives. If a guy, a man on a mission like Paul is pausing all the time to acknowledge the people who God has deposited in his life to be a blessing... I want you to know it's really important for us to do the same thing, to follow that example and pause from time to time to be deeply reflective about the people God's given us in our lives to be thankful for. I want to point out a few um, passages as well as some principles I think will help us as we go to our table time to share. And the first is that being thankful for others is ultimately being thankful to God. I want you to look at a few passages here. 2 Timothy 1.3. Timothy, I thank God for you. He is the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Philemon, verses 4 to 5 say, I always thank God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing of your trust in the Lord and your love for all of God's people. And finally, Romans 1.8 First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. Now, in case you missed it or you're kind of sleepy, I, I put in boldface and underscore the part that kind of is important for this point and that is that Paul doesn't just say, hey, thank you. He says as a discipline, I thank God for you. Here's the point I think he's trying to make, all right? I think... What Paul is trying to say is God is very active in all of our lives. He's always working in our lives, but sometimes we don't see it. We're waiting for a miracle. We're waiting for something impossible to happen. And sometimes we're tempted to say things like, I don't think God knows I exist. I think God's very unfair. He's ignoring me, but he's blessing my friend and my neighbor. But the truth is God is always very active in our lives the problem is that sometimes we don't know where to look for him and what i believe is that the majority of the time that god is moving in our lives he's doing it through other people i mean when's the last time a giant beam of happy light came down from the sky and hit you and you were in really good shape you were really sad and all of a sudden a happy ray struck you from heaven and your mood changed anybody have that experience recently I really want to talk to you. I'm going to buy you lunch and hear about it. I haven't had an experience like that. But I can tell you many, many times that I was in a really funky mood. And someone would send me an email in the morning just going, Hey, you know, I'm praying for you. And they would share something that God put on their heart. Or somebody would just come by the office uh, unannounced and just decide to chill out for a while. And we share a good conversation, an unexpected meal together. And at the tail end of that time, I'm in a great mood. I feel uplifted. The trajectory of my day went from being sour to being happy because God worked in my life through another person. When I've been hungry, when I've been without a ride, when I've been sick, it's people that God keeps using as his hands and feet to be a blessing to me. And so it's a mistake for us to say God is not active in my life because miracles and supernatural things are not happening. Look around you and think about how many people God is using all the time to reach after you, to look after you, to take care of you because that is God alive and active in your life. And so as we pause to be reflecting about people we can be thankful for, in the end what we're really doing also is thanking God for putting those people in our lives. I mean, think about how how many things could have gone differently and how you'd know a whole different set of people and how your life might be very different than it is today. I also know that it's God working when someone blesses us because at our core, we're horrible people, aren't we? Let's just face it. And I don't mean to be a pessimist about human nature, but I haven't seen much lately to make me feel like human beings are inherently good people. Even for me, when I do something good, there's a little bit of, I hope I get some payback for this later, at the very least, a little credit. I think even in our good things, there's a little bit of darkness mixed in with it all. And so when something is done by another human being unselfishly to bless me, I know that didn't come from their flesh someone, namely God, got a hold of them so that they would take the time and spend the energy to do something in my life that I can't explain? Why would somebody come out from their neighborhood to my neighborhood just to spend time with me, to be a blessing to me, to love me? Why would someone give away stuff that they spend hard-earned money to buy just so I could have it because I didn't have it before? Why would anybody do these things for me if there's nothing in it for them? And every time that happens, we're reminded God is touching someone's life so that they would touch our life. So, again, in review, being faithful to God or to others is ultimately being thankful to God. Let me give you another uh, principle that will help you as you reflect today. Being thankful for others is acknowledging that we didn't get here alone. This one is kind of a big deal for me personally. I think it's so important to remember that none of us got where we are. All by ourselves. Now, I know some of you got here the hard way. You had a hard scrabble life. You're a pretty tough person. A lot of calluses on your hands. Because nobody just handed you stuff. And I know in the folklore of your own personal story. You are a self-made person. Everything you got. You got the hard way. By the work of your own hands. But I'm here to tell you. As much as that feels real and true to you. It's not. None of us got here by ourselves. I want you to look at a couple passages with me. Philippians chapter 2, verses 25 to 30. Here's what it says. Let me just turn this so I don't have to keep craning my neck here. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, a faithful worker, and a courageous soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. Now I am sending him home again, for he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he surely was ill. In fact, he almost died, but God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have such unbearable sorrow. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him and that will lighten all my cares. Welcome him with Christian love and with great joy and be sure to honor people like him, for he risked his life for the work of Christ And he was at the point of death while trying to do for me the things you couldn't do because you were far away. It's a very personal statement Paul's making about a friend named Epaphroditus who worked so hard to support Paul's ministry, he took ill and nearly died because of the exhaustion of helping Paul with the work of Christ. Here's another one, 2 Timothy 1, 16-18. May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus, and all his family, because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in prison. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return, and you know how much he helped me at Ephesus. I'm not sure why the guys who helped Paul have such hard names to pronounce, but Epaphroditus and Onesiphorus, try saying that five times fast, are two friends that meant a great deal to Paul because they were reminders to a guy who had done so much for God that he did not do it alone. Paul could not have done the miraculous work of his earthly ministry had it not been for the help of some men and women who stepped in at key moments in his life and helped him when he was helpless. He's acknowledging by thanking them and thanking God that none of us are self-made men and women. Now, let me just give you a quick, some of you, you might be, it's such a short sermon, it's almost over. Don't fall asleep on me now. I love football. If you know me for more than 10 minutes, you know I am insane, loco for football. I married a woman who is actually crazier about football than I am, okay? And so one of the things we love is when somebody scores and there's that touchdown celebration. The NFL's ruined it a little bit by persecuting men like Chad Ochocinco Uh for all their flamboyant celebrations, but that's part of what made it fun. They call it taunting. I I, I can't believe these NFL players can't take a little taunting. But you see all that celebration, and it's fun until after a while you go, it's a little excessive, because there's this guy who scored, he caught a pass or broke through the crowd and ran into the end zone, and he's doing all this, and he's doing this kind of stuff, and he's doing moonwalks, and he's doing all this stuff, and after all you're like, hold on a second, buddy. I know you're real pleased with yourself but you're acting like you somehow made it across the goal line all by yourself. Like someone handed you the ball and no one was around and you knocked out all these other people. And so I love that moment where in the midst of all this celebration, the receiver or the running back or the tight end comes to their senses and they go, oh, oh, hold on. And they point. And they point to all the other players who made that play possible. The receiver points to the quarterback and says, man, that was a surgically precise pass. Props, right? You're giving credit to the guy. Or the running back who points to the guy who made that key block without which he would have been laying in the dirt 10 yards shy of a touchdown. That's a beautiful moment for me. I love seeing that because it's honest. And it makes me want to celebrate even more with that person because they are not run away with pride, but they acknowledge that everybody who succeeds, succeeds at least in part because somebody else was involved. And here's the thing, maybe you, this morning, find yourself in the position of being Chad Ochocinco, flamboyantly dancing and putting the football with with the pylon or something, as if you were the only person involved in that play. And maybe those around you are kind of going, hey, dude, relax. It's not all about you. And maybe today, as you pause to think about it, God will really put you in a posture of humility that will bless you and strengthen you. Maybe he'll remind you of some people that you forgot to thank along the way. Without whose input into your life, you would be in a very, very different place right now. And I think it's important when we share about the people who've blessed us that we take a moment to think that way and acknowledge them and admit, I could not have gotten here alone. And let me give you one last point here. I forgot to show you that picture. Okay. Football player. There you go. Being thankful for others expands our experience of God. Let me give you a a couple passages here. Philemon 4 through 7. I always thank God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing of your trust in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. You are generous because of your faith. And I am praying that you will really put your generosity to work. For in doing so, you will come to an understanding of all the good things we can do for Christ. Here's another one. I myself have gained much joy and comfort from your love, my brother. Because your kindness has so often refreshed the hearts of the people of God. Romans 1, 8-12. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his son, is my witness how constantly I remember you at all, in my prayers at all times. Listen, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, and listen to this part, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Mutually encouraged. I think one of the the reasons that it's important to remember others and be thankful for them is that as we consider what they've done in our lives, it expands our experience of God. It makes me pause and think, okay, I'm so used to being the taker. I'm so used to being the one who gets things from others. I need help. I need love. I need comfort. And people have constantly been coming and giving those things to us. And as we thank them, at some point in our lives, what God will do is remind you, hey, as you think about all these people who have so faithfully come to give to you in your need, maybe God now is showing you that you can be the person who gives and who helps and who comforts. Through the blessings of others that you reflect on, it will show you a different way of knowing and loving God, of experiencing him. Sometimes when we only reflect on the blessings we've received, we become very narrow as people of God. But as we reflect on those who have given generously to us, have been a blessing to us, we see God in a very broader light. We begin to think maybe for a moment, maybe for the first time, I could join them in being a blessing to other people. It's like looking at God through a hundred different pairs of eyes. You know, so much of what I do that is a blessing and benefit to others, you know, when people tell me, Pastor Dave, what you did was so helpful to me. And I love hearing that stuff because I like to help. But I can tell you very few of those things were my idea. Some of the things I do that have helped others the most, I'm just imitating what others have done for me. I have some friends, for example, who are really good at introducing me to others. They make connections all the time, and so I've learned to do that. And from time to time, when I know that two of my friends really should get to know each other, I'll go out of my way to make sure they meet each other, and they say, you know, that was such a blessing. I'm like, you know, the only reason I know to do that is because somebody above me did that for me so many times that it finally broke through my thick skull. This is a good way to live. This is a good way to follow God. And so as we reflect on the blessings received, God will expand our experience of being Christ followers. And he will call us to be a blessing. So that's all I got. I wanted to just kind of set a biblical foundation for your time of sharing. You've got about half an hour now to sit at your table. And here's what I want you to do. I stress the word briefly. Briefly introduce yourself. Don't start from when, you know, your parents were born and all of that. Um, You'll have time to do that more fully over the meal. But just say your name, quick word about where you come from or who you are, and then share about one person you're really thankful for. Okay, It doesn't have to be the person you're most thankful for, but just somebody God's put on your heart. And just tell, you, tell the others at your table why you're so thankful for them. Be conscientious of the time. Don't take up all the time for yourself. But listen, and as you hear everybody share, I think it's going to be a real blessing to you. And then what we're going to encourage you to do is, when the time is over, I'm going to come up and close us out in prayer, and then we're going to get a meal served to us, and I'm going to ask you to stay. Don't run home. There's free, delicious food, and I want to ask you to stay at your tables and continue the conversation with one another. I'm sure you'll hear a lot of things that require follow-up questions. Ask those questions and get to know each other a little better. So let me pray for you, and then let me release you. Take until about 1140 and share at your tables together, okay? Let's pray. God, I pray for all the folks at our church this morning as they share at their tables that they will be led to remember people in their own lives that they need to be thankful for. And that as we hear one another's story, testimonies of thanksgiving, Our hearts will be really nourished and blessed. Let this be a very uplifting time where you remind us to be thankful for others in our lives and ultimately for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.